Welcome to the Five Smooth Stones podcast with Daniel Watts, the director of the EGM Institute. Hello, Daniel Watts here with our Five Smooth Stones weekly podcast. These podcasts are focusing on the five qualities of life-changing children's ministry found in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Relationship, experience, truth, discussion, and response. This week, we're examining two key elements of a relational children's ministry. Last Sunday, we were teaching through John 10 when Jesus stated, I am the good shepherd. I was explaining how sometimes a shepherd has to fend off the wolves, lions, and bears in those days, could even die protecting his sheep. This was behind Jesus' repeated statements that he had laid down his life for the sheep. When I finished, a young nine-year-old boy said, he didn't understand that. Why would you die for the sheep? Then he said, honestly, I'd let the sheep die because I would want to live. Then his friend Caleb said, yeah, they're probably going to kill some of them anyway and eat them. (laughs) An amazing discussion ensued, and deep inside, I was so overjoyed. Both boys had said what they actually thought and didn't resort to the typical right answer approach. This is due, in part, to creating a relational environment that frees children to say what they really think. We've developed great relationships among the children in that group and the leaders of which hard, myself included, to do the same with each other. When you build a solid relational foundation with and among the boys and girls in your ministry, God works in amazing ways. While there are many qualities to a relational children's ministry, today I'm just going to focus on two that have served me well and that I've taught to many children's workers around the world. The first is modeling. Understanding the importance of our modeling is the bedrock for effective relational ministry. Simply stated, and as every parent knows, children follow our example. Granted, God has surely done some amazing transformative work in all of us since we put our faith in Christ, but much to our frustration, sins do linger. If you don't recognize any sin in yourself now that you and know that you and you alone are suffering from the sin of denial, (laughs) a quick temper, sarcasm, mumbling under our breath, driving too aggressively, clamming up in conflict, ignoring people, watching too many sports programs, (laughs) spending too much time on how you look, talking back, being argumentative, you get the idea. These very qualities that we battle are qualities that we see in our own children. And where did they learn those attitudes and behaviors? We need only look at ourselves. An example from my own life dates all the way back to 1969 in Woodstock. Shortly after that infamous one-of-a-kind concert, my older brother secured a recording of the music. It was the days of the vinyl 33 LP, which certainly dates me. Despite knowing exactly what my dad thought about rock and roll in general and about Woodstock in particular, Steve slipped it into the house. One afternoon before dad got home, Steve put on the album and dropped the needle on Jimi Hendrix's famous rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. It was epic guitar playing, but it wasn't very faithful to the Francis Scott Key original. 
We had it blaring full blast when we discovered Dad at the door home early because he was feeling a bit under the weather. Now, Dad was a World War II veteran, very patriotic and very protective of the symbols that represent the country he and his friends had fought and died for. He barked out something like, that's not music, that's trash. Men died for that song. (laughs) Immediately, he stepped to the record player and confiscated the album. Then he went into his room and took a nap. I couldn't believe it. I thought to myself, wow, I'll never be like that. I'll be open-minded about new music when I have kids. Forty years later, (laughs) we were living in Poland, and my daughter was playing some Euro-techno Christian music from England. It was blaring full bore when I drove up to our house. (laughs) I could hear it as I stood outside, and I was sure our neighbors would probably not be happy. Not only was the music loud, but it just sounded awful. My first thought was, that's horrible music. Then I corrected myself, that's not even music. I went straight to Britney's bedroom and said, turn down that techno euro, whatever you call it, because it's not even music. (laughs) Fortunately, I didn't confiscate anything and things settled down. But as the word, that's not music, came out of my mouth, my mind immediately flew back to 1969 and I thought, oh my, I've become my dad. The power of modeling. Yet because modeling can be positive as well as negative, it's one of the children's workers' most important resources. But how many of us think on Saturday night or Sunday morning, I'm going in with the five-year-olds to model what I'm teaching? This is exactly what we'll think when we're focused on relational ministry. We want to model what we teach. Our living out the concept will be evident. Children will easily see that we're an example of what we're trying to teach. Being a great model for children with whom we've developed a relationship can make up for the occasional weak lesson and teaching mistake. And one final word on modeling. Modeling isn't being perfect. It's setting an example, including forgiveness. Children know we're not perfect. We can model our own need for repentance, forgiveness, and grace. Second quality of a relational ministry is team. Effective relational children's ministry requires a team approach. Simply stated, when teachers are part of a team, children will see in our love for each other that we're Christ followers. Yet at many churches I know, especially churches in Africa, people work all by themselves with enormously large groups of children. Once I watched a Ugandan staff member attempt to minister single-handedly to a group of 50-plus children. I've spoken to many teachers who have classes of 75 children without a single partner. Not only can these vastly outnumbered teachers not build relationships that allow them to model the Christian life, but the children also miss out on the opportunity to see the love of Christ played out between the leaders themselves. In our relationships with fellow leaders and teachers, children can see patience, kindness, cooperation, forgiveness, and so many of the characteristics of Christ-like love. We model these traits when we serve on teams. Ministry teams appear to be a given in the New Testament. In fact, in my reading, the only time I find someone working alone is when Philip addresses the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8.26.40. So I can't encourage you enough to not be alone as you serve children. I also believe this partnership is a perfect place to get teenagers or even older children involved in ministry with other leaders. 
I know many children's workers who started teaching children when they were 12 or 13 years old. An older leader took them under their wing, brought them onto a team, and taught them how to teach. Relational children's ministry really is all about teams. One word about the term team, though. Most of the time when churches use the word team, and it's used a lot, the word refers to serving together to accomplish some ministry objective. We have teaching teams, worship teams, usher teams, and other such ministry teams. Here, though, I'm not talking about teamwork aimed at getting something done. I'm talking about teams of children's workers who build relationships with groups of children and with each other. In those teams, children can see Christian love among those leaders as well as in their demonstration of love to the children. When we focus on modeling and teamwork, we begin begin creating a relational environment for children, and it's not as easy as it would first appear. Even this last weekend, as I headed into my room, I was thinking about the experiential activity, resources needed for the actual Bible truth time, the discussion questions, and the supplies for the response activity. I wasn't thinking about how I could model Jesus as my good shepherd in ways that I could model following him. And I've taught this for 40 years. Relational ministry doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality and focus, myself included. However, when we create that warm relational environment, the Holy Spirit moves in life-transforming ways among the boys and girls and the leaders. For more on relational children's ministry models, check out our website at www.egminstitute.org. And thanks for joining us week this week for the Five Smooth Stones podcast. If you like what you hear, feel free to share this podcast with another children's worker in your church or community. I look forward to seeing you next week at this same time. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Our next Five Smooth Stones podcast will be this same time next week. To learn more about life-changing children's ministry, check out the EGM Institute website at www.egminstitute.org.